This month's podcasts are sponsored by Aubergine Legal. Do you sometimes worry that your business isn't meeting all its legal compliance requirements and wonder if you're ticking all the legal boxes? Are you losing sleep worrying about a piece of legislation that you may or may not be complying with? Perhaps you need some help with your client contracts or your data protection compliance. Or maybe you're worried that your website doesn't have the right documents or legal notices in the right place. Perhaps you have a brand that you want to protect with a trademark. How about if you could outsource it all and eliminate all of your worries? If so, then get in touch with Aubergine Legal, a friendly commercial legal consultancy offering practical and clear commercial legal advice without the overwhelming legal jargon, taking the worry away and helping you to protect your business and minimise your risks. Aubergine offers a free 30-minute consultation if you have any questions or want to find out if they can help. And you can access this link and book your free 30-minute call via the link in the show notes. Welcome to the Bring Your Product Ideas to Life podcast. Practical advice and inspiration to help you create and sell your own physical products. Here's your host, Vicky Weinberg. I am so excited today to share an interview with Silka Thistlewood from Raise Up Mums. So Silka helps women adjust to motherhood through realistic self-care and everyday resilience tools. She ran an online business until she decided that she wanted to add a physical product to her offering. Um, I actually interviewed Silka for my blog around a year ago, but her story is so good I wanted you to hear her share it herself. She is a fantastic example of someone creating something they need and then using it to help others. Um, I actually met Silka via her other business, the Raise Up Business Club, which is a fantastic local networking group. Silka is very well known and respected in our local community. I'd call her a local celebrity. She probably wouldn't. Um, um, Silka actually worked with me on a very early version of my course, although this interview is not really about that at all. And I can't wait for you to hear her story. Um, we jump around a little bit in here, um, doesn't go entirely to plan. We laugh a lot. And I asked what, Silka one question that completely floored her. And um, well, you can listen on to hear her response. If you'd like to find out more about Raise Up Mums, all of the notes will be in the show, all of the links you need will be in the show notes. Um, but you can find her at raiseupmums.co.uk and on Facebook, it's Raise Up Mums. And she also has a fantastic community for mums again on Facebook, and I will link to that on the show notes. So I really hope you enjoy this interview with Silka. Okay, so welcome Silka. Um, so let's start by telling us a bit about yourself and your business, please. Okay, hi Vicky, thank you for having me on your podcast, this is very, very exciting. Um, so I'm Silka and I am currently running three businesses, but we're only going to talk about one today. My very first business ever was as a massage therapist, then I run a networking group for um, women who run their own businesses, and the business we're talking about today is called Raise Up Mums, which consists of a free online community for mums, um, where I support women in adjusting to motherhood in all its phases that it comes in and there is also a um, pay program and workshops that I run with the same aim to support women in adjusting um, to motherhood through realistic self-care and resilience tools um, and that is also the business that I developed the physical product for. Okay so all of your business was entirely online until you created the product so what made you first of all what made you decide to add a physical product to your offering? 
I thought it would be really nice if people came onto my website to read a blog or um, there's lots of community resources on there if they were browsing around the website and then came across an actual physical product that they could order either for themselves or for friends it's turned out to be a really really nice gift for um, new mums so lots of uh, women are buying their resilience cards for uh, friends that are having children or are currently uh, having a bit of a rough time so yeah I just thought it would be really nice if people had the option to to click and buy something tangible because a lot of the online offerings that I have are to do with mindset and resilience and looking after yourself which isn't easily quantifiable so to actually order a physical thing is quite nice it's almost like comparing an audiobook to a real book like some people just really like to hold a book in their hands when they're reading which the resilience cards are like that you you pick one and you read through a tip or a tool and you can then action that but you've got it holding it in your hand so you're not reading it on a screen so I guess that's the difference Okay, thank you. And I think it's actually a really good point maybe to take a step back and explain to anyone who doesn't know what your resilience cards are, exactly what they are and who they're for. That's a good point. Um, yes, so they are called Raise Up Mums Resilience Cards. Um, and they started off with a different name, actually, but maybe I'll, I'll loop back to that a little bit later. Um, they are 50 cards um, that are designed like a little pep talk for yourself if you're having a rough time either a rough day or a rough phase in your parenting journey um so you pick a card it will say one word or a short sentence on the front that will give you a clue as to what you're meant to be doing and then on the back it has a longer description of what um it is you should do and a little bit of an explanation about it so it will give you instructions but it will also have little elements of just motherhood solidarity so it'll have you know sometimes I'm trying to be a little bit funny as well to lighten the mood and share my own experiences so it's like a someone's described it as a little friend in a box so that's basically what they are and it's a real mix of physical self-care so there's um prompts in there for you know moisturizing your hands because you're forever washing your hands or doing a stretch or some self-massage and then other tips are more mindset based so it can be practicing gratitude or um you know just working on your outlook um, around motherhood so there's there's different types of self-care tools in there okay so i will put actually a link to the cards in the show notes so if you're listening to this and you're curious and you'd like to see what the cards look like or perhaps you'd like to buy some for yourself or someone else you'll be able to do that via the show notes um so something i talk about and i will talk about a bit more in future episodes is knowing exactly who your customer is it sounds like you've got a really good idea about who your product is aimed at so it's new is it new mums predominantly it is although um people have bought them for friends with older kids and they've also resonated with them very well but I had new mums in mind for sure um although it's interesting you saying about knowing your audience I had um an online community of mums already when I was developing the product so I could ask them questions all along which was really really valuable um, but all along I had sort of thought that people would buy the cards for themselves which or mums would buy the cards for themselves should I say and that hasn't really happened um, and that that was a real learning curve that mums don't like to spend money on themselves but they will as we all know if you're a mum gladly spend money on your kids or if they're a friend in need they will spend money on as well so they've become much more of a gift to new mums um, than they have as a purchase for yourself um, which has been interesting so you know don't get stuck down one particular road if you can actually tell that the market's telling you something different 
Yeah, that's really and that's really interesting that you recognise that. And has that changed how you market them or how you position them? It has a little bit. So this Mother's Day just gone, I did some Facebook ads, um, which I ran two different ones. One was targeted at mums um, with a longer description about what the cards were about. Um, and then one was aimed at dads with a much shorter description and just basically making it clear that you're a mum in your life would like these and a shop now button. <laughs> um, but yeah, so focusing much more on dads, which previously I hadn't done. Um, I had sort of just focused on, on the females and the mums. But um, yeah, so it has shifted it slightly. And yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Now, do you mind if we go right back to the beginning and talk about what inspired you to create the cards in the first place? And if you're happy to talk about your own personal journey so what led you to believing this would be a useful product that would be really yeah helpful if you're happy to share yeah absolutely um so I um, have two kids they're currently four and eight years old and the cards came about roughly well the idea for them came about a year and a half after I'd had my second child and um, with both kids I had gone through a period of postnatal depression and anxiety which the first time around I looking back now I couldn't really recognize it at the time but looking back at my behavior I can see that I managed my anxiety just by molding my entire life around the needs of my child so everything was planned around her naps when she was napping I was planning for activities and crafts and all sorts of crazy things that we could do when she was awake so I just couldn't bear the thought of having a minute of unplanned time because I didn't know what to do with this tiny person um, and then when my second child came around that was no longer possible because there was already another child that had needs so I couldn't mold my entire existence around a child so I was really really struggling um, and when I was seeking help none of it seemed particularly appropriate to life with a small child so when I went to the GP I was offered medication but no other support um, I self-referred to some online um, therapy talk therapy which they also didn't seem very receptive to the fact that I didn't have any time for myself. All the response that I was getting to questions of support was all geared around taking more time for myself and getting away from the kids, which if you have a tiny baby, you know how impossible that is. So from that sort of sprung the idea that there has to be something out there that's doable for mums and that can help, you know, put ourselves back together, which is slightly the wrong way to put it because we're, we're not broken, we don't have to put ourselves back together, but just things that help shore us up against the demands of motherhood. So I started reading lots of things around how to look after yourself and ignoring all the ridiculous advice about, you know, sleep eight hours at night because you can't when you have a tiny baby or meditate for 20 minutes three times a day or one suggestion was to skin brush or dry brush every day. You know, it's ridiculous things like that. Like, you know, you barely have time to brush your teeth when you have a tiny baby let alone do do all extravagant things like that but in most things that I was reading there were little things that you could do um so I would take all these little things and I started sharing them on the um, business pages that I already had at the time um and they were really well received so I thought well there's clearly a need for this here and now that I've been doing it for a while there's 
I've come across lots of people who are doing similar things online. I think it's a really growing um, area of support for women, which is great. Um, but at the time, there was nothing. So I, I certainly felt like I needed to create something that I would have been able to, to use. Um, so that's where the idea came from um, for the business. And then that sort of distilled into the cards a little bit later along the line. So it started with just sharing Facebook posts and Instagram posts and writing some blogs um, and running some workshops. And then it um, morphed into the cards, which at the time, as the business was called something different, um, it was called Nourish to Thrive at the time. So the cards were called Nourished Mums Care Cards. And then they were rebranded along with the business to raise up mums. Thank you. And I think it's fantastic. It's a really good example of you creating something that met a need that you had, that, but then has gone on in turn to help so many other people. So can I just ask if you don't mind, so you had a community already when you launched the product. So how involved were they in the, in the creation? So um, I guess I'm just trying to find out how, how you used the group you already had to mm-hmm. shape the product and what yes. it looked like and what was yeah what the content was well in the very first instance I ever since I started the business and the community I've been saving all the social media posts that I've been writing um in Evernote which is a um app that I use for that so I went through all the content that I'd already written and through the posts that I'd posted to see which ones had resonated the most so in a way that was really useful to pick the content that was going to be on the cards to see what was well received and then um, all along the creation and production process I would ask questions in the group about um, you know what would they like to see or I would just keep them updated on oh I'm doing this do you know do you, do you would you be interested in in buying this if I made this and had lots of positive feedback and then the the most involvement I got from the community really was around um, choosing the name for the cards so I was torn between because the business was called Nourish to Thrive I was torn between um, care cards or thrive cards and the opinions were really divided and I got private messages from people around, I really think they could should be care cards because thriving seems too far off when you're a new mum. It just, I didn't think I could thrive um, and that word would really put me off. So it needs to be care cards and other people had completely the opposite opinion saying, but thriving is such a positive word and such a dynamic word. Um, so I got lots and lots of input in naming the cards um, and lots of people were disappointed. <laughs> by the choice that I made you can't please everyone (laughs) no that's true um so yeah lots of involvement and um it's really nice to launch something to an existing community um having said that I was sort of envisaging you know taking a huge bag of orders to the post office because so many people had expressed an interest and that didn't quite happen so maybe that's a takeaway for everyone listening as well that definitely you know envisage all the success but also be prepared for maybe to to shift slightly and like I said in the beginning it transpires that people would much rather buy them for a friend than to buy for themselves so orders come in now from people who at the time were really supportive didn't buy them at the time but now they have someone to buy them for so they you know people will still come back but they might not necessarily act on their support immediately if that makes sense do you think there's anything you could have done differently at the launch stage that would have helped you get those initial sales or yes for sure I think if I were to launch again I would probably 
do a lot of things differently you get what I found is that you get so wrapped up in the process of getting something creating it getting it to the point of having it delivered to you or, or collecting it and you have the physical thing in your hands I hadn't really thought much beyond that point in terms of marketing <laughs> which speaking to people that's a lot of people's experience sort of get to that point you're so relieved and then you go oh no now I've got to market it now I've got to actually sell this thing um and it isn't I mean maybe some people find this but I certainly didn't find that just because something now exists in the world means that lots of people are going to know it's there and buy it it does take a constant effort to get things out there so I think I probably would have made a much bigger deal of launching them you know maybe a really big giveaway and um sending free packs of cards to you know various people to see if they would promote them for me or um if I had the money I would still quite like to do a proper PR campaign but um I'm a very small business and one man band so at the moment that's not in the budget but um yeah certainly if you can sort of drum up as much excitement as you can before the launch whereas I because I had so much involvement from my community I was sort of thinking that that would be enough and that was a bit naive I think so yeah I would do more thank you another suggestion from me actually is for anyone doing something similar is it might also be a good opportunity to get pre-orders as well so if you can get anyone to actually Mm. give you some money maybe even at a reduced price before you actually have the physical thing ready to sell it kind of takes a bit of pressure off you know you've sold some helps a little bit with cash flow and um, those initial sales can lead to you know early supporters and early reviews and that kind of thing I'm certainly by the way Silk not saying you did anything wrong this is just general advice to anyone listening who thinks oh what could what else could you do so I feel like um, we are sort of going backwards and forwards a bit here, but hopefully you're still with us. Um, what I'd like to do now is talk about the actual production of the card. So I guess you had this existing business, you established a need for a product, it started to formulate in your mind. Um, so how are you feeling at the at at this stage I mean so you decided you were going to create a physical product and I don't imagine that was something you decided overnight no once you'd made that decision um tell us about that okay well I was in the very lucky position that um you were a friend of mine at the time and and, um starting your product creation business so I I did use some help which was really really valuable because it gave me lots of insight that I wouldn't have had otherwise. Thank you for saying that. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. I'm not being paid to say that either. Um, So yes, I think if you can, definitely get some people around you who can help and just give you some pointers because it's very easy to jump in and just get going with stuff, which is generally my normal approach to everything. So just jump in and see what happens. But working with someone, you know, whether that's someone who you pay or um, friends and family or like a business buddy, it can just pace you so that you're not running ahead without doing your research. And that's certainly the first thing that you got me to do and that I wouldn't have done by myself is to do lots of research into existing products. So I knew I wanted a deck of cards, um, but I didn't know what size, I didn't know what sort of quality, I didn't know what kind of packaging. So the first thing I was asked to do was to do lots of research into existing things and even order some to see what they're like, to see what the quality is like and to look at reviews. And that was hugely valuable. And I did really enjoy setting up a good old spreadsheet for that as well. (laughs) It took me back to my office working days to set up a nice spreadsheet to keep track of everything. Um, So to work out the price point of the product and to, to get clearer on 
what I want the product to be and what I don't want it to be. So I knew then after that research that I wanted the cards to be really sturdy and I wanted them to be laminated. So if stuff spills on them, they can just be wiped clean. Or if, you know, baby charts starts chomping on them, they'll still be in one piece afterwards. Um, and sort of looking at reviews for existing products, I also knew that I didn't want them to be sort of spiritual as such. I wanted them to be much more practical. Um, and I wanted them to be fairly large with the, I knew that I wanted to put quite a lot of information on the back, but I didn't want it to be too small in writing. So I knew they had to be quite a big size. Um, so research came first and um, then came the actual, you know, getting quotes in from um, suppliers. Um, it sounds like you did a lot of research um as you were suggested to, so thank you for following my <laughs> advice. Um, and how did that, I guess it sounds like the research gave you a lot more clarity. Yes. Um, and I know that I talk a lot about doing research rather than jumping in um, because I really feel like it makes a difference to the product, but also to like how you feel about about the process. Mm -hmm. So do you mind talking to us a bit about how you felt at the outset? So when you were right. embarking on this, you know, this it, what is essentially a huge task, you know, yeah. bringing something new into the world. And then how that changed so once you'd done a bit of research, mm -hmm. um, did that change how you were feeling at all? Yes, for sure. At the start of the process, I felt really quite overwhelmed with just the amount of choice there was of different ways that the product could be and doing the research just focused that in a lot so lots of things started getting excluded and it just really crystallized what I wanted the cards to be so did that help at all with the sense of overwhelm you were having oh gosh yes, yes completely yeah it sort of really focused in on what I needed to do and it then made the next steps a lot easier as well um, because a lot of printers that I approached um, about printing the cards weren't able to do one thing or another um, and I knew then that they, that they weren't the right printers because I knew what I wanted the cards to be good so that pre-work obviously really was worth it for mm -hmm. you so are there anything that you learned during the process anything unexpected that perhaps or just any anything that you feel like you'd like to yes. share yeah the, the main thing that I learned is how do I put this um so I wanted to get the cards out into the world by a certain date I think it was the end of November I'd set myself as a deadline because I wanted them to be available before Christmas with enough time to ship them out to people and that sort of then meant that I had to make decisions fairly quickly because um, we were up against the the wire quite a lot which was great at the time because it meant I had to make decisions and I had to get things done but it also meant that I compromised a little bit on the packaging of the cards so they were initially in a little cardboard box that actually arrived from the printers as a flat pack and then I had to assemble them myself for every order which now looking back is an insane concept really because that was so much extra work <laughs> but at the time I was really I was it had to be a box and I don't know why I really wanted the cards to be in a box other things had been suggested to me and I didn't listen um I just wanted them to be in a box and that was it and um 
The boxes were fine and the printers were able to do the cards and the boxes at the same site locally so I could go and collect them. So it was all really straightforward and really easy. And I'm still to a point glad that I've done it that way, but that definitely was a learning curve. The cards then, the packs then arrived and I had to assemble them all, which was a pain. Um, and the cardboard wasn't quite as sturdy as it should have been. The It was a tiny bit too big for the cards, which then meant the um, boxes were getting um, just bent a little bit in the post. They weren't quite sturdy enough. Um, and it, oh, it just really irked me that it wasn't quite right. So um, yeah, maybe make sure you spend enough time like really fine tuning your options and making sure the packaging is as you'd want it. So now that the cards have gone through a rebrand, they actually live in little canvas bags, which do not get damaged in the post, which is great. <laughs> That's really good. Um, yeah. And, well, and I do think, yeah, I think that's a good learning. And I think that um, it's good that you're sharing. I mean, one thing I think is good you're sharing is that the first time round things weren't perfect. Yes. I think that's important. And while, okay, you made, um, what perhaps you might see as a mistake and maybe you spent a bit more time and money and effort mm -hmm. and obviously you had to go back and redo things. I still say it's better to do that. It's better to get something out there and refine it than to let all that perfection hold you back. This is true. So, you know, you got them out into the world, you realised actually the packaging wasn't good and then next time round you did something different. I think that's much better than sitting on that decision about packaging for weeks yes. or months, which yeah, had you not had true. the day deadline could have happened I mean yes you might have mm. ended up with the same products but it might have taken you a lot longer to get yes. there so something I'd like to say is that don't be afraid of making mistakes yeah. um obviously I don't want anyone to make huge costly mistakes but is it fair to say that in the scheme of things that wasn't the end of the world oh absolutely yeah absolutely and I'm still you know glad that it sort of went down this way because I've, I've learned so much and yeah absolutely I'm, and I'm glad they arrived before Christmas because a lot of people did buy them so yes don't be afraid to make mistakes for sure yeah and I think things are yeah like you say you had them out for Christmas you sold some and you sold all of those and yes. now you're on to your yeah even your second, second print run. second print run so yes fantastic very exciting yeah that is really exciting but thank you for sharing that because I think it's important for people to hear that actually it doesn't matter if you don't get everything quite yeah. 100% first time round you know and it's the beauty of being a small business as well that it doesn't matter if you pivot and you change things because the majority of people won't even notice that things have changed. <laughs> you know, I've, I've rebranded my business like two, three times as things have developed and changed or evolved rather um, and pivoted. So if you're a one man band, no one's your boss and you can just go with the flow and change things up. So that's good. True. Yeah, nice to have that freedom. Okay, so um, I think we're going to start thinking about wrapping things up. So I've got two more questions for you. Okay. okay. So the first one is, so how does it feel having, um, or what benefits have you seen, I guess is a better question, to having like another income stream and how's that working with, with your business overall? Mm -hmm. Oh, um... Um, sorry I didn't I haven't I haven't <laughs> I'll be really honest I haven't get, purposely I haven't give, given Silk a list of questions so I've just completely thrown her with this I'm just trying to think because I have so the thing is that I because I have three different businesses I have so many income streams you, that is true I, it's, you do. it's confusing to think like what benefit does, does just one of them have it's nice that the the 
the main thing, I guess, is that it doesn't need my physical attendance. Like a physical product doesn't need me to be anywhere. It's not a service. It's nothing I have to to do. It's not my one-on-one time. It's like sales just sounds so easy sales just come in and then things just get posted out (laughs) obviously not quite as easy as that it still takes marketing effort but um it's just nice to have something that is a a, a physical thing and that I don't have to exchange my time for yeah just something constant going on the background you've done all the hard work and now you can start to see the benefits and I've got I completely take your point your sales don't just happen it's not entirely passive however it is just nice to have you know, even if it's, you know, just a low level of sales going on in the background, it's nice. Yeah. It's nice to have them. It is. That's true. And sorry again for throwing that question okay. your way, but I thought, <laughs> I thought it was a good one. <laughs> okay. So to finally wrap things up, um, what is the, your top advice for other product creators or want to be product creators out there? Okay. I think my top tip would be to along with not being afraid of making mistakes is also not be afraid of make not knowing everything and not be afraid of possibly making a bit of a fool of yourself um and I remember which is my reason for mentioning this I remember ringing round printing firms to get quotes from people and I I could have done them by email but I really wanted to talk to people to get a gist of what their business was like and I needed people to talk me through stuff because I didn't know anything about you know cart thickness and laminating and you know full colour whatever um so I rang some printers and just the way that some of them made me feel was not nice because I rang up and they could tell immediately that I didn't know what I was talking about and they didn't have any time for that which wasn't nice but that is more of a reflection on how they run their business um and not on you know my ability to to do anything but the printer that I eventually ended up using was incredibly accommodating and they were ever so friendly and had lots of time to explain things to me and the first time I called you know they said oh we can do all of that for you we'll explain to you how it works if you want to use us or not that's then up to you we might still not be the right printers for you and they were just really really lovely so like stick with it and don't be afraid to have a sort of beginner's mindset and just embrace the fact that you don't know everything but the people that are you know as passionate about their businesses as you are they'll have time for you to um to explain stuff to you and to take you through the process that's a really good point thank you and I would also add that if you are doing as Ilka did and you're phoning people and you're getting a bit of rudeness or you know people not want to explain the time for you like you say that they're not going to be the people for you because hopefully of any product that you, that you create you're in it for the medium to long term and you know hopefully you're going to want to stick with the same supplier whether that's a printer or another manufacturer and there needs to be a relationship there Mm -hmm. because and hopefully it's going to be a long-term relationship so yes you need to definitely get off on the right foot so I'm pleased you found someone that you're happy to work with okay well thank you so much for your time thank you so much for talking to us um it's really useful it's really interesting to hear like a real perspective of someone who's gone out and created something and um i'm going to put links to all of your businesses in the show notes um, and so people can find you there and is there anything else we need to say before we finish no i think we've covered pretty much everything so just you know, don't doubt yourself. Like if you've got a, a good reason for why you're wanting to create a product, it all goes back to that good old why of why we're, we've decided to make something. If you've got a good reason and you've got a passion for what you're doing, then don't let anything stop you, basically. 
Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Silka and found it interesting and inspiring. Um, as I mentioned, if you want to find out more about Silka, her business and her product, um, that will all be linked up in the show notes. If you'd also like to find out a bit more about my product creation course, which Silka mentioned in the interview, then I will link up to that in the show notes as well. There are two courses. There's the introductory course, which is about um, validating your product idea and determining whether it's worth going ahead with. And then there's the full course, which covers... Um, And then there's the full course, which covers the same content as the validation course, but some additional models that take you right up to product launch. Um, So uh, please do take a look if if they'd be of interest to you um, and looking forward to speaking to you soon. If you've been inspired to start a podcast in 2024, I really recommend my podcast host, Captivate. Captivate were my top pick when I started podcasting four years ago because of how easy it was for a complete novice like me to get started. I've stuck with them for the last four years because Captivate is still really simple to use. They keep adding great new features like the ability to share ads like these and they've just been really reliable. So when you're ready to start your own podcast, you can use the link in the show notes and get a free seven day trial with Captivate.